0: Welcome to the third season of That So Second Millennium, the Catholic science podcast where we explore the fascinating borderlands between science and theology through realms of philosophy, human experience, and more. Welcome back to That So Second Millennium, episode 111, which is a rep unit for those of you who like mathematical details like that. Today, we decided, having talked to Chris Baglow and other uh, people who are interested in the teaching of science and religion at the high school level, we decided we would talk to an actual high school religion teacher. So today we're talking to Brad Stalkup, who teaches religion in the Cleveland area. He's a friend of Bill's, and uh, he's got an interesting story. So in, among other things, he's got an interesting story because he started teaching in late 2020, which means that he started his high school teaching career in the middle of a worldwide plague. So he has my admiration for that, for sure. So here's our conversation.
1: Paul, let's, uh, let's uh, welcome to our microphones, or at least to our Zoom meeting, uh, Brad Stalkup, uh, who's a longtime uh, friend of mine, just as you are. And uh, Brad is a, a teacher in Catholic school. And we realized, uh, Paul, uh, that that's a topic, Catholic education, that we haven't really talked about too much in our... 111 episodes uh, and it's, yeah and i think it's getting About more that that was that was that was that right right and it, and and from the perspective of how uh, challenging it is and how needed needed it is still very much uh in a society like we have today so uh brad welcome welcome to uh that's so second millennium and um uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and about uh, what you're doing now.
2: Well, thank you, Bill. Um, see, I got involved in Catholic education as an undergraduate at the University of Notre Dame. I started um, working on the website for the Alliance for Catholic Education. And of course, Bill, that's where I met
1: you. Yes, indeed.
2: Um, pestering you yeah. day by day to play me your accordion
1: oh that was it yes but i was also pestering you on uh, how i should play another another keyboard the one attached to my computer yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
2: so um despite this early involvement um i was studying computer science i was preparing to be computer science um you know in the in that world and uh but it seems that god had other plans um I had a job in computer science after I was going to graduate with a small company, but that company got bought out by a different company. So I was left without a job because they didn't have a spot for me when they got brought on by that bigger company. And so I spent some time figuring it out. God placed this opportunity for me to go to Chile. And um, it was there that I really made the decision to actually go into the seminary. So from there, I spent four years in the seminary, um, preparing to be a Catholic priest. And, um, but throughout those four years, the longer I spent there, the more and more I felt as if God was not calling me to be a seminary, not calling me to be a priest. Um, and so, uh, through lots of prayer, guidance, discernment, and thought, um, decided to leave the seminary. And, um, but what had been building in me in all this time in the seminary was a desire to be a teacher, specifically a high school theology teacher. I had imagined, fantasized myself when I was in the seminary of being a high school theology teacher as a as a priest. Um, and so when I left and kind of faced with the decision that now I have to get a quote unquote real job, um, I decided to look in the world of Catholic schools and specifically being a high school theology teacher. Um, So that's how I ended up as a Catholic high school teacher. That's that's good.
1: (laughs) Well, God must have wanted that aspect to to come uh, to pass very uh, smoothly along. That's great. And uh, so uh, you've been at it now for how long?
2: I'm a fresh, I'm a fresh teacher. I'm learning. Yeah. To teach the world. So I've been teaching now for about two months.
0: Uh, a a absolute two baptism months. by fire to start yeah. in the fall of 2020 as a yes. new high school teacher.
2: You know, yes. it is not for us to decide the times that we, I forget that, that uh, <laughs> Gandalf quote, not for us <laughs> to decide the time in which we live, but it's for us to use the time right i don't know i fell flat there (laughs)
0: yeah yes (laughs) yes you know we can't we can't Uh, worry about the enemies three or four enemies down the line we've got soren is our uh, that's big enough task for us with what we've got today (laughs) yeah
2: you know i don't decide when i'm on this earth god decides that and so it's just up to me to make the most of that
1: that's true that's right and by the way, now uh, your classes are all um, in person or is it the distance learning or hybrid? How's it being so handled? This we hard? are
2: in person with live streamers. So the vast majority of my students I see every day. And there's three or I have probably now six or seven who show up remotely out of my 120 students. So Wow. Okay. okay. So the vast majority are in person. We're with masks and everything, but yeah. that's right. better. Even
0: better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a face (laughs) shield or some sort of clear?
2: So I have, I, yeah, the students have a little, like I have, I have a mask. I wear a mask. We all wear masks. Um, Uh I wish I could wear a face shield so I could see my face a lot more would be communicated. Read your lips. Oh
0: yeah, I I agree. agree. That's so tough. So I think about that. From that perspective. Right. Like, oh, it's nice to have that little extra bit of data that's try to pour us what people are saying.
2: Yeah. And when I get excited about something, they'd be able to see it a little bit more because I tend to get excited about a lot of things. <laughs> but, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, so is besides that or including that, is teaching kind of everything that you expected, or have there been uh, surprises about it? What What are you liking most, and well, I would say least, or at least what's the biggest challenge?
2: Well, when I was in seminary, I worked it? really hard, and I didn't think that I would be working this hard as a teacher, but I am. Uh, yeah. And fortunately, a lot of like the discipline and stuff transfers very easily. I'm a pretty disciplined guy. I'm um, up at four thirty every morning, pretty much, and uh, uh but so that's been kind of a smooth transition, but it has been a lot of work. I mean, there's between like lesson planning, you know, I'm making these lesson plans for the first time, and, um, you know, uh, yeah. oh, gosh. Yeah. grading and, and, but it's like, I don't know, it's become a labor of love. So it really doesn't, I'm not feeling overwhelmed or anything.
0: I got great students. <laughs> like I can't. That's quit. good. Yeah. Yeah. huh. So, I mean, are you two whole months into it? I don't know when school started in that region. Yeah,
2: we started the end of August. So it's a little bit like, you know, close to a month and a half. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, say something more about the students. Uh, they're impressive, huh? And, um, yeah. So most I of them kind of like like
2: the school that <laughs> I chat is kind of like an upper middle class, you might call it. You know, I see there is more than one Porsche that leaves the, uh, the, big parking lot.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> so definitely not wow. inner city school. Um, but uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like a coming along with that is usually some high powered students. Um, although sometimes they convince me otherwise. Um, but uh, for the most part, very like obedient, very eager to learn, very um, agreeable. So my, and it's mostly white. And there's a few, uh students of color in different ways but the vast majority are are white like suburban um student
0: mm-hmm. what and, uh, what direction yeah. north uh, well north is in the We're, lake but east south or west from cleveland so we are east of the city east okay okay yeah
1: yeah and uh so along with all of their background where does god uh, fit in where does get the catholic church and religion fit in
2: yeah so it's catholic. Cool. um we pray every day on the announcements um and uh it seems like many of the people are i mean i would i i actually haven't done a survey or anything i don't know which of the students in my class are catholic and which aren't
0: yeah, um, that's fine yeah that's good probably yeah so in these latter days
2: um i would say though just based on what i've Encountered what I've read, what I've seen, um, is that the vast majority of them are Catholic. I'd say, and the upper end is probably fifty percent are practicing. You know, going to church every week. Um, but uh, so that's my that's my assumption of things. Um, as for the school itself, um, yeah, there's definitely a Catholic identity, and that's something they lean on a lot. It's definitely high powered school um but the the catholic identity is for sure there and which i'm grateful for and um, even among uh the faculty as well there seems to be a great spirit of devotion um and and desire uh for the faith and for that to be a part of the work there so i've been grateful for that
1: that's great yeah but uh, the the conventional wisdom now is that uh, it's really in high school that a lot of young people, young Catholics, uh, actually start drifting away from the faith. So it prompts the um, probably unduly uh, skeptical question, do you think that uh, many are drawn uh, not by, you know, a personal relationship that's developing with God or a a uh, warm uh, attachment to the church, the Catholic Church per se, but more that they're atta- more that they're attracted to the kind of learning environment, a more comfortable kind of thing. What 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 do you think is um, is really operating one step below the surface theologically in in religion class? There?
2: Well, so that, that's like a multi layered question. But um, what I'd say is definitely a lot of people come because it's a really good academic school. Um, And there are definitely a lot of people come because it's a Catholic school. But as for my own kind of for that first part of your question, like what are, um, what are students bringing in terms of like, what is their desire? Where are they with God? Um, I found in maybe, you know, a dozen of my students is, is, are what we would call like, you know, intentional disciples. So maybe that's 10%, but it's probably not even that. Um, but uh, there is, especially among the freshmen, um, there's a, there's an, an eagerness to learn here. Um, I actually like really wanted me, what really motivated me to go into um education, high school education in the first place was, you know, a struggle with my own faith in high school and wanting to help guide people along, young people along that kind of tumultuous path. Because I think if you don't do anything about it, you're gonna end up agnostic, atheist, um, or like spiritual, but not religious or something like right. that. Right. Just because that's the culture we're in and it's constantly bombarding you. And so right. I wanted to help people because God has been such a force for good in my own life, and also, you know, in the world at large, um, that like, I want to help people not fall into that snare. Um, so that was a big part of my motivation of of particularly in high school. Now I've noticed a difference between my freshmen and my sophomores is these kids, like I said, these kids are smart. So they figure out what they need to say to give you the right answer. Um, Yes, you get a good grade on the test because that's what's in that's what's important to them. You know, a lot of them yeah. goal number one is grade on the test, um, and so what ends up happening is you build this wall around you, and you never let these questions penetrate that wall. And so you just come up with the answers. You figure out what the teacher wants, and then yeah. you write those things. So you don't actually r- wrestle with the questions, um, like you, you know. If we are talking about like, okay, uh what makes us happy?" and then people just say, "Oh, it's theology class, so it's got to be God um, even, if they don't, <laughs> right? even if they don't think about even if they've never thought about that question or it's this question that's actually on their mind, um theology class doesn't help them tackle it or yeah. and for some for you know for people who get used to it. Because you get used to it pretty quick. You learn what you need to say to get a good grade. I mean, they're like you know, yeah. they're they're savvy in that way. Yeah. So that that would that's a notice of a difference I've already noticed between freshmen and sophomore. Um, so you gotta like if you want to reach the sophomores, you gotta do something a little off the rails, right? Um, just to kind of wake
0: them up and like
2: break okay. down their defenses a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um. Do you teach all four grades or just freshmen and sophomores? Just
2: freshmen and sophomores. So yeah. half, my, half I have 3 teach FT6 classes, three freshmen, three sophomores. Um, and, yeah, so I'm still kind of figuring out. Um, I, I spent a lot of my summer figuring out, because once they sent me the curriculum. Right.
0: You know, I was going like
2: to say, the what, what does your curriculum
0: focus on for each of those years? Are you teaching the same thing to so, all the freshmen and all the sophomores?
2: Freshman, we start with like intro to revelation. Like how does God reveal himself to who is God? Um, and, but, but like before, so what, what you might call it uh, divided into two categories, natural revelation and divine revelation. So the first, the first part of the year is natural revelation. So what can we know about God through the use of our reason alone? And then the second part, which starts in a couple of weeks Um, It's basically just scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, um, Mm. for the rest of the year, which I'm like, I can't wait. Um, (laughs) Good. And then the sophomore year, uh, they start actually at the Paschal Mystery, so the Passion, Death and Resurrection. So they don't quite make it their freshman year. And then after that, Morality and Sacraments. So like if I could have picked what to teach, this is what I would have picked. Freshman um, year,
0: the angry Old Testament God, sophomore year, we can, we can get a little.
2: <laughs> so yeah, the two, I get to teach the two <laughs> gods of the Bible. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, dear. but so kind of my, what I piece together from lower level to higher level, um, is I came up with two themes for my freshman year because I want the, them to be able to have these two themes figured out before they move on to their um, sophomore year. Number one, I shared this with Bill, I believe.
1: Yeah, I like number I like one, one.
2: God does stuff.
0: Um, <laughs> yes. As a matter like, of he fact, he really
2: does. Like God really does stuff. Like if I if they actually believe that at the end of the year, I'll be a happy man. And number two, <laughs> your life matters. Right? So like, um, I think a lot of them, because of like scientific materialism.
0: There we go. Look, we needed to get look, to that before the end of the conversation. I'm glad <laughs> to segue into that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: they, they believe their life doesn't matter because you're just like a tiny moat on a piece of dirt covered with mold, um, right. you know, hurtling through space, yeah. just a tiny piece of space. Um, and so, if I can disavow them of that in some way, I think scripture is the best way to do that. But um, if I can disavow them of that kind of tenet of secularism, then right. I'll have done a good job. God does stuff. Your life matters. And for the sophomores, it's um, God desires your happiness. Which I think, especially because once we start talking morality, they're going to start thinking, oh, this God, he just wants to get me down. Um, right. But if I could use them that, morality and moral theology it's actually all about pursuit like you know perfection morality virtue like actually about happiness um and then the other theme is he invites you into relationship like this whole church thing only makes sense in the context of relationship it doesn't make Good sense boy. in any other context so and i think yeah. the two things from the freshman year definitely lead into the two things from the, the sophomore year um but basically, behind all of those themes is trying to disavow them of moralistic therapeutic deism like if i right. if you've ever heard that term
0: uh, um, frequently yes
2: yeah my 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 singular goal, if I had one thing is to just like eradicate that from there, which is really really hard because it's it's in everything i, re- I use every paper I see like yep, there it is m t d once more. Right. And like every single student, it's like you know God's the one who's just like there for you when it's hard. I'm like, yeah, it's true, but it's that's like not it. It's, it's, it's so it's amazing. so
0: inadequate in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um. That was a lot of talking.
1: No, it's that's interesting. Yeah, and then Paul, yeah, follow up about science in particular, how that fits in with what Brad's. Talking yeah. About. I
0: mean, so, I mean, you've, you've brought up that this is an aspect of the secular worldview that you've got to, I mean, moralistic therapeutic deism as you've, you know, introduced us to there, you know, arises to some degree because we don't really believe that there's, I mean, and I know in my, my own friends, of course, you know, I didn't go to, I went to Catholic school for all of one year. Um, and so I have, I have actually, sadly, not that many Catholic friends. So many of my non-Catholic friends, you know, their own faith, you know, whether it's Judaism or something else, um, they don't really believe there's any truth value to it, but it's somehow just culturally yeah. significant in a mm-hmm. very, in a way that I, I, I mean, in perfectly honest, these people that I love very dearly, I don't see how it could be significant. I just don't. Um, and that's, you know, that sort of, per, you know, we start from that viewpoint of, well, religion is just this bunch of stories anyway which brings us back to your, you know, your point of God does stuff. (laughs) That's, 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 I haven't heard it expressed exactly that way, but I I appreciate where that. I can't take credit for it. I took it from a professor of mine. Okay. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you approach that? How have you, I mean, from the, you know, from the the course, all of your, you know, two, month and a half of, of going at it you've got you got a long way to go as he's in the
2: veterans we all do but <laughs> um well first is the process of repetition you just got to get yeah. that those phrases into their minds first um because it's like scripture you just you know the first you just got to hear it and then then you start digesting it yeah. so um i've uh that's kind of been my approach so far and I've tried to use also a variety of different means because different things reach different people in different ways so like I've used poetry Um, I love the hound of heaven my students probably hate it by now because I've brought it up so many times but I it's it's like a refrain like you know it's actually really good at emphasizing God does stuff and your life matters like it's God's the one who's like actually doing the stuff and like your life matters he's following you he's chasing you down yeah. Um so I've been pulling little bits and pieces from that. Um we've listened to some music that I think uh I'd probably change second time around. Um yeah. that's the thing about first year teaching is you figure out what works, what doesn't work.
0: Um that's that's the thing about n year teaching where <laughs> n is some integer, I think, but <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but uh I think I think here would be a main sort of um, and it's it's a it's a it's an interesting line to tread right you want to be able to preach the truth and I was talking to Bill about this a little bit you want to be able to say like these are the answers that we offer in the church yeah and so those are the answers that are you know I present as right but you also want to leave room for their own questions because yeah. they're all different points um, and they all, if you don't let them question, they're going to, like I said, build a wall around their heart and they'll just figure out what I need to say just to make it the right answer. Yeah. Um, so you've got to leave room for that, for that, those questions. Um, and, you know, if Thomas Aquinas can assume a theologian, ask like, does God exist? Then we can ask that question in my class. Um, you don't have to just shut down the answer and say, oh, of course God exists. Right. Like it's a word it's a question worth thinking about a lot. I mean, like it's, mm. that would that would be my first thing is like I think the what happens when people stop believing in God is the first step is you just you drive a wedge between science and God and you say, Okay, science is for like the stuff on earth and the things that matter, and God is this sort of like my personal spiritual fulfillment in different ways. And so what ends up winning out in the day, just from like the emphasis of our culture. And like, as you grow and mature and you you learn and try to develop a worldview, what ends up winning out is like, like a scientific materialism. Like, and so to break down that wed, you know, that wall between those two as well, um, between like science as the thing that, you know, to, You know, know, faith and reason, like to help incorporate them in a healthy way, you know, the give and take. Um, So, and that's done in a variety of ways. I think one of the ways is leaving room for those questions. Another way is having them think about things in a non-scientific way really helps. Like I had one student, I said, what is love? And he said, love is a combination of four chemicals in the brain. And I'm just like, oh my no.
1: goodness!
2: I'm <laughs> like, wow! Like um, that's, they might be right, but that's such a impoverished view of love. It, what, what's more? It probably more has
0: something to do with it, but it's not a complete description by any stretch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so there's a lot of work to do. Um, I think my job right now is to win their trust in different ways, um, so that once we start talking about this stuff a lot more in depth, that like there is some trust in me but i also like want to hear them and and see where they're at and help them grow in their faith i mean i, I don't know i'm still figuring this out i got a month and a half like yeah. my yeah. yeah
0: exactly <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah but no it, it's interesting to hear what's going on yeah. in your mind yeah. in the class. It's, sure. at this point it it is early in the game but uh uh the challenges are obvious right from the start huh?
2: yeah There's a lot of challenges, you know, the foes press in from all sides, but, uh, has this made you
0: reflect on your own religious education? Did you go to Catholic high school as well? I did
2: not go to Catholic school. Um, I grew up in a pretty strong Catholic family. My mom was a theology major. So, um, whenever I had a question, I'd go to her. Um, it was, was a JP happy.
0: two generation of.
2: Uh, I'm I'm more of a Benedict six the sixteenth actually. I yeah. came
0: of age kind of. Well, like I mean, you. I was gonna say your mother probably was. Oh
2: yes, yeah, my mother for sure. She loves JP two. Yeah.
1: But how about uh, uh, my last question would be? Uh, um, so so uh, do they? Do you think that they uh, they come into uh, science class? Um with uh the sense that uh, you know all of the answers are you know set before them and they just have to know the right answer in other words uh uh to, you're right that to get kids interested in learning you have to empower them to to be asking questions
2: i think one of the things that i was thinking about while you were talking about sign difference between science class and theology classes um there's uh Students don't put up walls when it comes to science class, you know they're like, "I'm ready to eat up these facts, but there's a lot more skepticism and for a lot of good reasons in some in some uh for some people
0: in theology, yeah and yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and, and gosh, and, that's hard to do in science class as someone who's taught science,
1: yeah that
0: is bloody yeah. hard, yeah, because they're sure they need they need just need to taught out a, lo- a list of facts, which is of course exactly not what science is.
1: No, science is just as much a pursuit of mystery as religion.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we're never going to get all the way there. It's, you know, it's something we can hack at for the rest of human history. There's no reason to believe that we'll get to a final, you know, what things are in themselves that isn't, you know, just another, you know, I mean, it's not like we're making some sort of progress, but yeah, I mean, just like, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's certainly something that, you know, and doing this podcast for a couple of years has only deepened my sense that you know there's there's actually more in common between science and religion than we usually let ourselves think.
1: Mm.
0: Um there's you know that's you have to have that faith that there's something outside yourself to start with in order to start questioning in a scientific way. I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah. Is, you know, mm. if you want if you want to take Augustine's dictum of faith seeking understanding, you know it's it's unquestionable that you know when i'm seeking understanding of what uranium does when you put it in contact with oxalic acid it's less important than it is to understand you know the incarnation but it's still there's something out there and and it partakes of being therefore partakes of god thomas aquinas assures me therefore
2: partakes of goodness and worth worth, worthiness of pursuit
0: thanks for listening to this episode of that's so second millennium TSSM's audio producer is Morgan Burkhardt. Our theme music, Igneous Grok, was composed and performed by Vin Markort. For my co host Bill Schmidt, I'm Paul Geesting. Until next time.